The energy transition is a long and winding road, and it needs to be taken step by step. Learn more at SiemensEnergy.com. This is Barron's Live. Each weekday, we bring you live conversations from our newsrooms about what's moving the market right now. On this podcast, we take you inside those conversations, the stories, the ideas, and the stocks to watch so you can invest smarter. Now, let's dial in. Hi, everyone. It's Alyssa Corman, Ed Carson from Investors Business Daily for a special IBD edition of Barron's Live today. We come on once a month and it's always so fun to do this. Thanks so much for joining me today, Ed. Hey, thank you for having me. Yeah. Thanks to Barron's for having both of us, I guess we should say. <laughs> uh, it's great to be here. And today we're going to be talking about the buzziest buzzword, buzz phrase uh, right now in the stock market, AI, artificial intelligence. But there's a lot of noise to cut through, right, Ed? So today we're going to talk about how to find the true AI leaders, the winners, because not all artificial intelligence stocks are created equal. So we're going to go through some of the things that investors out there can look at uh, to sort of decipher all of these uh, different things out there to add those true winners to their portfolios. You ready to get started? Yes, we are. Okay. And, you know, something else that we're going to do today is we got a ton of great questions uh, submitted ahead of time from the audience. So we really want to leave a, a good amount of time to answer those questions, a number of which we will weave into the conversation throughout, uh, but a lot of really great questions here uh, about this theme. But let's take a step back first. Artificial intelligence really has been that theme, Ed, this year that's been propelling the market forward. Why do you think that is? I think there's a potential for real opportunities. I mean, I know that you know our economics reporter is, is writing about how this might has the potential to become a productivity boom and, and just things like you could automate a lot of things, even though you know, we here in journalism, we see it with writing and stuff, but there's a lot of other situations where um, AI could serve a lot of functions, drug discovery. There's all sorts of areas that could suddenly become much cheaper or do far more. And so it has the potential for you know massive growth. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of hype. And a lot of these companies may not be as AI as you think, and it's not easy to tell. It's going to be like the dot-com boom. The dot-com boom had a lot of bust, but there was it, it was real too. I mean, uh, and I think that there's an opportunity here. It feels like it's accelerated. It feels like there's a the move from hype and possibility to productivity might be a lot faster this time. I mean, we're already seeing companies like Microsoft roll out pricing. So uh, it is very exciting. Uh, and it's definitely something that maybe something that drives drives markets uh, for several years. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned the dot-com boom. So I want to expand on that a little bit. Something that IBD really likes to do is look at market history as a guide for what potentially could happen in the present. And not only do we have that precedent to look at, but so many other great innovations throughout history that we can point to, like the, the railroad systems, the cars, you know, you mentioned the internet boom, the, the, the cell phone, so many uh, innovations that were propelling the market forward. So it seems like we are in the AI era today. But Ed, there are some questions out there of 
on the hype side. Is this a bubble? Is this getting too frothy? You know, like 3D printing or, you know, the uh, crypto phase. There's been these other themes in the market that have been very uh, boom bust and very short lived versus uh long-term game changers. So as you mentioned, it kind of feels like we are in that latter camp, but it's still in the very early days. It is still in the early days. I think part of it is that we haven't seen the widespread mainstream use favor crypto or 3D printing. I'm not saying there aren't any reasons and I'm not saying that those can't ultimately develop. Whereas I think one of the issues is that you're seeing huge companies leading the charge. I mean, this is not startups. This is Microsoft. This is NVIDIA. And uh, partly because of the massive, as we were talking before the show, the massive money you need to invest in the infrastructure, you can't be some fly by night and do like, I mean, I, you and I can use AI tools, but developing those things and running this servers and all that. Uh, so you need to be huge for doing that and you need a lot of equipment. And so there is going to be a lot there. Now, again, some of these may be overhyped and maybe some of these stocks right now need to pause. I mean, that could be the case, that, but, that, but that's not necessarily talking about the longer term scenario. It, it just feels like that. But you're right. We don't know. And we don't. And again, the dot com, it was real, but there was a lot of hype, too. And a lot of these stocks blew up for years. So uh, long term trend is, I think, very positive and very real. Uh, but you, you you have to rely just on the short run, just, you know, what's, what is the market actually saying right in the short run? Mm -hmm. And I feel like the market has been telling us this year that it is those mega cap tech companies that have uh, been paving the way and are going to continue to lead this charge because they, they have those deep pockets, right, Ed? And I think step one to finding the AI winners is not uh, necessarily, okay, well, who's, whose product is better? Who has a bigger addressable market? Which, you know, is, is important, revenue potential, obviously, but what is the market saying? Uh, how is the market voting with who are the winners here? at least today. Yeah. yeah, well, clearly it is. I mean, there's a there's a few camps. I mean, there's sort of the obvious uh, institutional names like a Microsoft and NVIDIA, uh, you know, and some other things that kind of meta, you know, Google have, you know, are in those places and their Salesforce, uh, and definitely some other chip names. And then there's more speculative names. And again, these might have tremendous opportunities, but it's just, I think people uh, are, you know, their they're, uh, they're revenue is smaller, massive growth, more like a Palantir, C3.ai, some names like that, that you're not as, that, uh, that Wall Street isn't as familiar with. And, you know, they're obviously moving very strongly, but, you know, some may really turn out to be amazing, some may not. Uh, so I think those are some of the tiers that you have to be looking at. Uh, it doesn't mean a second tier stock can't be amazing. It might even be the bigger winner, but uh, it's just in terms of in terms of how Wall Street looks at it. But yeah, I think you start with those 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 mega caps and maybe some of the you know some of the suppliers like an Nvidia or or you know other names in that space. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it clearly seems like. Uh, software stocks and chip stocks, those are the, the biggest beneficiaries of this AI wave and, and the current hype that we are seeing. But it, it, it seems like this means it's going to touch a lot of industries because uh, they're going to need they're going to need to boost their productivity right ed so that it could have this this sort of uh, ripple effect. But so once we've identified uh, some potential leaders, 
what would you say is the next step? Because from what I'm hearing you say is it seems like in terms of investing in these names or trading these names, we may want to treat uh, one of the big mega established players uh, perhaps a little differently than something that's smaller and uh, a little bit more speculative. I mean, I think that that's a, probably a general, but definitely with something like this, where again, you and I don't necessarily know if you have if you have some inside feeling for reason that why you think this company really is it not just because you've read a couple of things and it looks really hot but I just yeah those established firms they have you know real records and a lot of people are following it and they're just not likely to blow up in the same way I'm not saying that an Nvidia or a Microsoft couldn't have 20 30 40 percent corrections but probably not in a day whereas some other names there's a bad earnings report, it, it could. I mean, you just have to keep that in mind. And NVIDIA had that mammoth news. It also helps AI for now, it doesn't even matter. Whereas other companies have to make AI, monetize AI, NVIDIA is monetizing it because it's selling to the companies that are trying to make it work. So that's a real advantage. Uh, and so that demand is gonna be there, even if it ends up that other companies struggle to really make a lot of money out of AI. Uh, because they're spending so much on NVIDIA chips. But in the meantime, NVIDIA and some of those chip names like Broadcom, uh, you know, Marvell seem to be some names. And again, uh, nobody comes up to the level of NVIDIA, but these are some names that are setting up, showing strong technical action, uh, you know, and, you know, definitely, definitely ones that people should be paying close attention to. Yeah, really good ones uh, for the watch list. And those watching the video version will see a weekly chart of NVIDIA here. An amazingly strong run from that bottom in October of last year with the low around 108. Stock uh, currently trading around 446. So just a massive, massive move. But if we contrast that uh, with something like an AI, that's at C3.ai. I mean, you can just see the difference here in how this stock trades NVIDIA, a very orderly, powerful advance, whereas something like uh, AI here, very, very wild. Uh, around the last earnings report had a move higher of about 33%. Uh, one day we can just click on some other bars here, down 10%. So really wild uh, swings throughout this uh, run here. So is this something that we should just uh, buy and hold with a 10-year time horizon, Ed, because uh, yeah, of the I, promise I, here? Yeah, I would not be doing that. Again, look, this one tripled over a couple of months at one point. So it, it does go in these moves. So don't, you know, it, it just has these massive moves back and forth. It's especially important that when you're looking at something like this to be buying it properly. Uh, and But yeah, you have to be thinking about maybe a shorter time horizon uh, just because you don't know what those big swings and you have to be going into it knowing you could it could run up you know, and then give it all back, you know, in, you know, in a very quick period. So this one feels like you want to be looking for early entries, looking for places that breaking resistance and getting in there quickly, not trying to chase it when it's like gapping yes. out to new highs, because that's when, you know, you can just look at it every time to sort of run up to new highs or close to new highs, it's then had some kind of sell up it's come back. Uh, and so, you know, if you did hold through some of those things, it'd be working, but it'd just be a crazy roller coaster. Mm -hmm. Really great points there. And so there's a way to approach these stocks when you're holding them So versus looking at them. So say you got in, you had a, a great entry. 
well, now we have earnings season next week. So uh, for a lot of the major players there, so we could see a lot of um, movement in this space. So, uh, so perhaps one set of strategies to use if you currently own them. But what about for folks out there who miss them? You kind of said it, Ed, don't don't chase them. Don't chase the hype. You got to be patient here. Can you talk to us a little bit more about that? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, in this situation, I mean, we've seen a number of stocks where they've tried to like look like they're peaking above maybe possibly early entries or like the short term levels. And then it's just the market has been uh, struggling on that. So if you were really aggressive getting above those kind of areas might be a place where you could, but it'd be great if it could come down to the 50 day line or 10 week line and then make a real convincing bounce, maybe as some of these earnings have come in. Uh, that would be able to feel like a little bit safer, a little bit room to, to room and get a cushion uh, before the inevitable pullback, which is coming in. But because this one, look, this one's doing, had some really big gains. I don't want to discount that. But we've talked about it a lot because it's moved so much. It just shows how much hype. But it's yeah. like, it's still losing money. It doesn't have that much revenue. You know, it's not, you know, so I just keep that in mind. And the fundamentals aren't really there. They may come right. there, um, but they're not there yet. Whereas something like NVIDIA, I know the growth is like, it isn't quite there. They've had some down numbers, but that next quarter is going to be huge. And they've said, so we know that the fundamentals are there. It's just a different story, a little safer. And, you know, it's not like going to the store and you know which, you know, cereals are popular or what other things these are, or which cars out there on the road are sort of popular. You can sort of get that sense. I don't have a sense. I don't know really which AI technology is better other than just trying to read about it, which, you know. Yeah, because it's uh, it's it's still those early days. Uh, so I mentioned earnings coming up next week uh, and we've got Microsoft, we've got Meta, we've got uh, Google Parent Alphabet to name a few. So what if they have big reaction, big positive reactions to the earnings reports? Does that mean I should I should buy them? Uh, probably, you know, they're not really any of them are in place, as I can think of. They all seem somewhat extended and they just need some time. They could probably use a rest. Now, again, that doesn't mean they can't go, uh, but it seems like they could generally need a rest uh, for, for some time. And uh, uh, it could be that there's some other names, some suppliers, uh, or you know, uh, you know, some uh, some chip names or uh, or rivals that rally on on these reports, and maybe some of those will be setting up. I suppose if Google went above this last week's highs, that could be something there. But most of them are somewhat extended. But Google's been lagging a little bit, and I think that's an issue. Is that whereas Nvidia is clearly a leader in the chip space. Microsoft is a leader in that chatbot space for now. I, don't, I mean, somebody might say, no, I like BARD better. Well, the market doesn't like BARD better right now for whatever reason. And so there's, you know, when you, you while it, sometimes, you know, the leaders are extended, but it's, you know, do you, do you buy an also ran or a laggard or do you buy, wait for another opportunity in the leader? Uh, you know, recently it's, it seemed like you want to be looking for the leaders rather than jump onto the laggards. This is one a little bit. Another one is, is AMD uh, right. that, that has struggled. Uh, and whereas AMD, whereas I think AMD's last earnings report, their, their guidance wasn't great. And NVIDIA has a blowout number. It runs with NVIDIA then, but it's sort of struggled a little bit here. Uh, and so I, I think that one, you know, maybe that can come back, but right now that is not a leader in this space. Uh, you know, compared to some of the bigger names that we've been talking about. 
And now let's take a look at some of the questions from the audience Ed, because there were uh, a lot of great ones. So for investors who maybe missed uh, this AI frenzy when it first really started catching fire earlier this year, uh, was it was it predictable looking back? How do how do we um, make sure in the future that we're not missing these kinds of moves? You know, it, it is still early days, so are are we going to get other chances uh, to get involved in this mega theme? If this is a mega theme that's for real, you will have other chances. So, uh, yeah, I mean, NVIDIA sort of blew out. And I'll be honest, I missed it. I, I just missed it because I didn't, I was still nervous. I didn't like going out with a cup without handle that felt extended to me back in January. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it just moved, you know, like, and again, uh, and I should have. And so, um, and there have been a couple opportunities and I, I've had some. I'm waiting for a new base or real things. And uh, it had some opportunities out there, but you know, at this point, wait for them. If this is gonna have another, if this is really gonna keep on going, it will have that chance. And so maybe over a few weeks, it'll do that. But you know, uh, I think that's the, the wait for a chance because you don't wanna be in a situation where you're chasing and then then it comes down for a correction down 23 to 30%. There's nothing worse than buying, having the right stock at exactly the wrong time. Right. Uh, so uh, a correction would be great for, for the stock, but not, not mm -hmm. for new buyers. Mm -hmm. And something else that market history tells us, you know, when we look at the recovery in 2003, after the bear market in the early 2000s, is the leading stocks out of that in that next bull market did give you a number of chances to get in. So if you missed the early proper setups, you just needed to needed to be patient. So using that as as sort of our template, I think those are wise words, Ed. Yeah, that's you know, just you know, just there's always opportunities. You know, don't feel like this is your last chance to get onto that. There's always another opportunity out mm -hmm. there. I will say though, the one caveat to that is that foundationally something that we talk about, no matter what theme it is, no matter what stock it is, no matter what market conditions are like, at the end of the day, risk management is so important to investing and IBD style of more active investing versus passive. And, you know, like earlier we said, you know, we're not just going to blindly have a 10 year time horizon on something. Uh, you know, the approaches that we're talking about today are for an actively managed portfolio. So with that, you really need to manage risk. And some of the trading experts that we work with, uh, for example, David Ryan, who worked very closely with IBD founder Bill O'Neill for very, uh, very many years, uh, three-time U.S. investing champion. He does what he calls very selectively a mental health buy. So it's something that may not be in a proper position, but if you just can't stand it, it's something that is going up with, you feel like it's going up without you and you have missed it. Uh, maybe you do buy uh, just a, a couple of shares just to, to keep it on your radar. Uh, but if it's out of position, you, you know, you still have to manage that risk. You're not going to just uh, sit there and hold it while it corrects you know, 10, 20, 30% if you were wrong. But uh, if there's potential upside there, that is, I think, the one way around it. But it comes with a lot of warning labels. Yeah. And that mental health buy is just enough to just to just 
get your mind off not to try to make a big investment. You're just sort of putting a marker in there. And then if it can set up again, maybe then you can build on that position more seriously. Great. So James is asking which dark horse companies may be the future winners in uh, AI and how might you approach uh, looking for future winners? Is it just, you know, stocks that are going to start popping up on your on your screen with a, a strong technical action and that might prompt you to do further research? I think that's going to have to be the, the lead on some of these things. I mean, obviously, you want to look at the fundamentals as well. Are they improving? But again, some of these things might be down the road. You're seeing that, oh, there's going to be, you know, the growth, like even NVIDIA. You're not seeing the numbers. You look at the fundamentals on what has actually happened. You don't see an AI boom. It's just like that it's, it's, they've, they've done forecasts. So I think a lot of it's going to be technicals, and you may want to just... Uh, be looking and seeing which ones are setting up and and which ones are showing relative strength. When other stocks start selling off in a correction or even on a bad day, if that are just continuing to show that kind of improvement, you can see that that RS line on NVIDIA is just amazing. And so which ones are actually going in there? Because in this earning season, every company is going to say AI and they're going to say it as often as they can. And so, I mean, I heard like, I think Kroger mentioned AI on its earnings call <laughs> which I'm sure you could. There's gro grocery automation. I mean, they probably legitimately could say it, but nobody would say Kroger is an AI company. So it's not it's not easy at Dark Horse unless you have done the research and you're really finding things out. But I, I would be digging in through technicals and then from there, try to find reasons like, oh, who are these suppliers? Or is this one a big uh, supplier to say Microsoft? Is this one a big, oh, uh, this one is is working, you know, in the data analytics and they are, you know, this, this and this and this. So that would be it, but I would I would probably start with the technicals uh, because it, it's just hard to know, um, you know, ahead of time which ones are the dark horses almost by definition. Right. I mean, if you're going to go through the effort of actively managing your portfolio, you want to outperform the market, right? So yeah. yeah, looking looking for those stocks that are outperforming and really leading is something that's uh, super key, and the the fundamentals are a big part of that as well. We touched on this a little bit earlier, but maybe we could expand on it um, a touch. Arthur is asking us to distinguish between AI stocks with the most short-term versus long-term potential. Hmm. I mean, I think I, I think it's also more of an, I think of it more of an investing horizon. I think of something like an, an NVIDIA or Microsoft might be more of a longer term, just because you feel like you can see that there is very likely to be a long-term path for them, you know, whereas others, and so you can think about, I might be thinking more likely to be investing in this for several months or even years if it works out. Whereas more like the AIs and stuff, that's more of a shorter term investing horizon. Now, maybe they end up being long-term AI plays, but I, I just don't, you know, which ones are flashing the pans and which ones are not. It's like which which fashion trends out there last for six weeks and which one lasts for a decade. It's hard to know when everybody's excited. You know, and it's like, I, I don't know. And I end up never changing my clothes. So I'm never, <laughs> so I wouldn't know. But, uh, uh, but I mean, I think that's, uh, I think you have to be thinking more in investment strategies. Uh, you know, which way, I don't know who would be a short-term winner, like in reality, but you know, it's going to be about stocks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, comes down to that uh, price action there. So in terms of how to play this theme with an ETF, 
that's David's question. What ETFs uh, would you suggest for that? Because you can get pretty granular with thematic ETFs these days. So you know, there are a number of robotics and AI ETFs. But honestly, you could also you know, play the, the Magnificent Seven. Those are basically the AI stocks right now, right? Yeah, that's a really good point. And, uh, you know, there is uh, bots is another one, uh, BOTZ. Uh, I, I'd have to look and see all, and definitely with any ETF, definitely look and see what's in there. Because sometimes you look and you go like, really? Really? I mean, I remember that, you know, so, uh, or you don't like the weight of something. Uh, so I think that would be something, but you're right. Uh, the the FANG stocks or the, or the Magnificent Seven, that's really not a, a bad way to go just with there with a little bit of safety. But yeah, I mean, IGV is a, is a broad software name. There's other cloud software names. So there's different ways of you can go with it. SMH, again, not all of them hitting the point right on, uh, you know, so, so there's that, but that would be a one way to, but obviously with, with some of these names that are weighted really heavily, see uh, Van X Semiconductor, I think Nvidia might be a 10% weight, weight in that. So, uh, when you combine that with some other in there, there's a fair amount of fairly AI heavy names uh, in that list. But that's just, but those those are broader ways of going at it. Right. Yeah. If you want to do it on a sector level, SMH, IGV, great uh, thoughts there. Ed, you mentioned bots being one of uh, the robotics and AI ETFs. This one's from Global X. I also want to say Robo. This is a, another one there. And then, uh, you know, the Q's, QQQ, NASDAQ 100. Uh, you're going to get that AI exposure that way. We've also talked about QQEW, which was which is the equal weighted uh, version of the NASDAQ 100. And if, if you want to get that Magnificent 7 or that FANG Plus exposure, you have FNGS. And uh, that tracks the NYSE FANG Plus index and FNGS. FNGU. This is a, a triple leveraged version, but look at that down almost 10% this week. So if you're talking about timing your buys, uh, definitely want to be careful with that with leveraged ETFs, but uh, you know, not only on an individual stock level, but for an ETF too, maybe a little bit different. You can, you know, entries and exit rules for, for ETFs, but we often uh, look at those entries and exits uh, pretty similarly for ETFs uh, as with individual stocks. Yeah, I may be more a little more inclined, even more so, to do things off of moving averages with an ETF, right. but uh, but still very similar. That's usually how I do it. And they, they, again, a lot of these names looked extended just in general. A lot of growth names, and so that's what we're seeing right now. But uh, um, obviously, have had huge runs and still look. Most of these things, like they're holding their ten day, twenty one day lines, they still look very healthy, even though they're just coming off you know these big moves. Mm -hmm. And Stephen is asking, uh, what would you say is the number one and, and the number two thing uh, to look for in an AI company? What ancillary companies or support industries are investable and available to invest in? And I, I guess this, this goes back to, I know we've talked about chart action a lot, but I would say beyond that uh, would be the the fundamentals. What is, is this a reality? Is this a promise? Uh, uh, you know, the hope, the hype, or is this real for these companies. And I think we could get some answers or, or at least some uh, more up-to-date projections uh, come next week. Yeah. So I think that I agree. Like when Microsoft and Google have what they have to say about what they're forecasting uh, going forward. Well, how is that starting to happen? I mean, how, you know, are they starting to make money off of this? 
Uh, and then what that means, like that could mean really good news for suppliers. I mean, like an NVIDIA, a Broadcom, right. an Arista Networks. There's a lot of things that, uh, that could be beneficiaries uh, of that. So yeah, I think this will be a huge week. And, uh, you know, seeing how those main companies, uh, you know, are actually seeing things work out. Because if, if, if at some point they realize we're not making a lot of money here, then they're going to slow the orders down, okay? And that'll happen pretty quickly. So I think it'll be really important to see what they have to say. I don't see them slowing down any, you know, any right now, but that's the kind of thing you want to be looking for. Again, it's looking for the reality. I would look at the fundamentals and the guidance. Again, not, you know, the fundamentals, not just what's happened, but what they project in the next mm-hmm. uh, couple of quarters, probably more than anything else, just to feel like real um, right. thing else. And it seems like, you know, none of these companies are operating in a vacuum, right? There's going to be, and we're already starting to see partnerships and alliances. Uh, do you think we could be seeing more of that, Ed? I think there'll be a lot of that because, uh, you know, people don't want to miss out. These companies probably don't want to miss out and they're, they're probably not sure what's going to work and what's not. Uh, and they're trying to find industries to work with, like, oh, like, who's going to team up? You know, people talk about, you know, with the medical community, you know, who's going to team up with it? You know, like, uh, you know, I bet there's all sorts of efforts by these AI developers, really, where can we find the real growth opportunities? And who can, you know, who's going to optimize with NVIDIA chips? So yes, tons of partnerships. Uh, I'll be honest, partnerships are free to announce. There's a, it's, it's, it's a lot cheaper than a $5 billion investment or something. But so, yes, I, I think there'll be a lot of partnerships and alliances. And that's something else to be have to shift and sift through because there's going to be a lot of announcements. And when every five words on a press release is AI uh, from all the companies, it's, it's not going to be easy to see, uh, to, to, to figure that out. And that's, again, why we you know, re- rely on the charts so much uh, to sort of to filter out that. What is the collective market? Uh, wisdom out of all that uh, from all these things that we're going to be hearing and seeing in the coming months and years. Yes. Well, Ed, uh, we know that a lot of these AI-related stocks have run up quite a bit over the last couple of months, and we talked about a potential positive scenario if the if the news flow is perceived as net positive this earnings season. But what about negative? I mean, we did see Tesla and Netflix disappoint and sell off. So what if uh, these AI-related companies aren't quite there yet and, uh, and disappoint? If they sell off, what should the move for investors be? Well, I mean, it depends on what their cushion is and like how violent the sell-off is. But at some point... Uh, you know, if, if you're seeing like a lot of these names sort of start breaking below some support levels, they probably want to be taking, you know, profits along the way. Yeah, we could see something like at Microsoft and Google, they say like, you know what, we're seeing a lot of interest in other things, but it's a long way before we see substantial revenue and all of us and how that, I don't know how that would be reacted to. I mean, that's, we'll have to see. Uh, but yeah, that would be something to be, you know, maybe the hype gets rolled back a little bit. So yeah, you would want to maybe take some partial profits in some of these things, uh, especially if they're really outsized, you know, positions. So again, that's a difficult thing. Selling winners is, is one of the hardest things because there's not an easy way of doing that, but maybe just taking a little bit off the top or close to the top, and that makes it easier to hold the rest 
or you feel better about it when you do have to sell it, but then really sells off. You at least feel like, at least I got near the top on some of it. So I think psychologically selling into strength or selling what or what may be just a near-term top uh, is healthy uh, for psychologically as you, as you handle these winners. Right. Great points there. And I think one that you made that's uh, worth maybe emphasizing a little bit more is sometimes with earnings season, and, and so this goes beyond the AI theme, but I think something that a lot of investors are focused on this earnings season, there's a difference between the the announcements and the numbers. Something could look so positive, so bullish, but if the stock action isn't isn't supporting that, I mean, that's what you you have to go with, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, just not AI, AI at all, but you mentioned Netflix had blowout subscriber numbers. Hey, isn't that what everybody wants to hear? I mean, and you know, but then it sold off. And so, yeah, ultimately, uh, you have to follow the price because you don't know. Maybe the market may have re has its reasons, and it may take a while. But uh, is it's like it's just like the deer in the woods. It's like, and we were talking about it. We we're hearing stories. You and I were hearing that story about if there, if you're a deer in the woods and you hear a snap, a twig, you don't just check out. Hey, I'm going to go over to that snap in the woods and see what was going on. No, you dart and you get going. So if if the market is sending a, a dangerous signal, you don't necessarily look around. You have to take some action. When it, when it shows real damage. Mm -hmm. And I think the silver lining as it circles back to something we uh, covered earlier, and I think it's a, maybe a decent way to wrap up, is the silver lining is that could be setting up opportunities in the future. Maybe these stocks do need time to cool off, to set up new bases and, and new buying opportunities for all of us out there. So uh, maybe we can see that in the future, but any final parting words from you, Ed? Yeah, I mean, I think that you, it's it's really exciting. I mean, I agree with all of that. And I think that that would be that the upside if we have the sell off is having that. But, you know, is that there's a lot of hype and hype is actually sort of fun that you sort of need that with some of these girls like, but just try to keep a level head. Okay, just don't don't be thinking this is going to be it. it'll transform the world and this stock is going to do it like just, you know, realize you could be wrong. You might, there's big opportunities. There could be big losses as well because there is so much attention on these names. Uh, you know, look for the stocks that are showing technical action, maybe the ones that are showing, you know, calmer chart action, you know, and, uh, but also be looking at, you know, it, you know, tend to remember that the top tier names are going to be the ones with the fundamentals or at least the fundamental outlooks uh, that you can really, uh, that really can put, uh, really put your feet on the ground with. Right. And if you want more information about what we're talking about and analysis of these AI leaders and other market leaders in real time, we cover that every morning on IBD Live. You can go to investors.com slash IBD Live for more details on our show that we do. Uh, and Ed, you know, we talked a lot about the uh, big the big names and focus right now, but IBD is also all about finding hidden gems because it doesn't at the end of the day, really matter what the name is on that chart. It matters uh, what, what the stock is doing and uh, what the fundamentals are, are looking like. So we can get a lot of those hidden gems uh, coming up on our screens. And uh, we are sure to do our best to cover those as well and we will continue to do so. 
All right. Well, thanks so much, everyone, for tuning in. That is it for us this month on Barron's Live. We'll be back next month. And make sure you join the Barron's Live crew on Monday, where Barron's Senior Managing Editor Lauren R. Rublin and Deputy Editor Ben Levinson are going to be speaking with the founder and president of Delphi Management, Scott Black, on the outlook for financial markets, industries, sectors, individual stocks, uh, you name it. So looking forward to that discussion. Have a great weekend, everyone everyone and the Barron's crew. We'll see you back here Monday. The energy transition is a long and winding road, and it needs to be taken step by step. Learn more at SiemensEnergy.com.